Hello, guys and girls, and welcome back to another episode on the Becoming the Trader podcast. Joined with me today is a very special guest, Mr. Paul Comba. Really, really excited to have Paul on the podcast as he's got tons of experience within the markets now. And I've known Paul for quite a few years, and it's been really super inspiring to see his journey, see him grow, and more so see him get over the the hurdles, the big struggles, stuff that's not spoken about enough. And I think you guys and girls are going to take tons of value away from this particular podcast as we dive deeper into things like losing streaks and you know how do you actually overcome them? What kind of mindset do you need to have to be persistent enough to break through? So really, really excited for this one. Paul, how's it going your end, dude? Great, man. Uh, happy to be here. And yeah, I'm doing good. Awesome. Awesome. Like I said, thanks again for jumping on the podcast. I was really, really looking forward to this one, having you on and, you know, chatting about your journey, what you've kind of gone through and things like that. Just for a bit of context for the listeners, you know, how, how was your, how long have you been trading now? How many years? I think I first, I first heard of like FX in 2014 nice. and then 2015, uh, I was doing, I guess the end of 2014, I was doing some demo trading and stuff like that. And then maybe about mid 2015, I started trading. Nice. I bet it feels like a blur just even just looking back from them, right? Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like the years have just flown past. And how have you sort of found your your journey since then? Have you have you enjoyed that whole process, or has, have you gone through some parts where you felt like, wow, this is um, this is getting a bit hard now. I'm not sure if I want to give up and things like that. Have you ever had those kind of emotions? Yeah, man. Every every emotion, I think. But um, yeah, like there's been so many different points. I think like, you know, 2016 was just a crazy year for trading. Um, I I think there was a lot of like myself. Like I thought I knew what I was doing really, but the market was just you know, it was one of those times where you could just basically buy any correction. You would make money in 2016. Yeah. 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 Kind of thought I knew out of what I was doing then, but, um, yeah, like I, I know in 26, I think we met in 2016 in Australia. Yes. And, indeed. Um, yeah. So 2016, I was still learning, thought I knew what I was doing. And then 2017 rolled around and everything was different. And like, that was basically the rebuilding phase for me. See, it's, it's interesting, right? Because you, you have periods in the market, like you mentioned, in which that when the market's trending and it's trending, right, you can, you know, you can just buy things and they do well. They pull back to the right areas. Everything, everything seems, you know, like perfect. And I've spoken to so many traders that have had incredible years where they've hit, you know, over 100% return for the year, et cetera. The next year rolls around and it just goes back to square one. And they think, what am I doing wrong? You know, what's happened? How have I gone from hitting this return? to now this what's going on and this is why you know i'm a big believer in trading a way that is sustainable for the markets through all conditions so something might work in a period of time but what happens if we have a corrective period for three years what if there's a three-year cycle of a corrective period when you're fully equipped for that you're able to capitalize either way don't get me wrong it's not the most enjoyable condition to trade through but if you're equipped with that you want to be able to trade through all those kind of conditions. And, you know, going over to, to your side, Paul, how have you found that kind of thing, you know, in transitioning, feeling like you almost have to, you know, rebuild and relearn things? Did you kind of go for a period where you had uh, a big losing streak or winning streak? How did that kind of go for you? Yeah, I think at the time it was really hard. Um, but now looking back, I mean, I'm really grateful that I actually went through that period in the beginning because I think those kind of market market conditions are, what really shows you like the flaws in what you're doing mm. and like, you know, you can have those, those flaws exaggerated when you're just starting out on, on a smaller like amount that that's like pretty, I mean, that's pretty key that that happened 
during that time, even though at that time that was like, you know, that's not what I wanted to be going through. But then looking back, of course, like, you know, you can be grateful for those experiences, but yeah, like that was a, that was a hard one. I had like a lot of losing trades there. And I think the thing that really kept me going through that was like, I always had the longer term mindset at that time. At that time I thought like, you know, even if it takes me 10 years to figure this out, I'm going to be like 33 and I'll know how to trade or I'll be 34, you know, and I'll still be ahead of like, ahead of so many people of where I, where I want to be like being able to do that when you're 34 and have that consistency to trading, like is something that nobody could ever take away from you. And like, that's just a skill that you're always going to have basically. I, I think that's just even there. You just hit the nail on the head. The one incredible mindset that is to have, and I don't think enough people have that pull. I don't I honestly, I don't think they do. And um, what happens is like, I've said this so many times before the person who comes in with the mindset that I don't care if this can take me five, 10 years, I'm going to make it happen usually makes it happen, you know, in a short period of time. It's normally the one that comes in and says, do you know what, oh, how come it's not happened yet? Now I've been trading for a couple of years. I'm not consistent. Are they constantly looking at the lack of and then wonder why they keep pushing the can down the road of why they're not successful, not realizing that they might just need to change a few habits and a few different processes to actually get this consistency. It's almost like they're waiting for the consistency to happen. They're waiting for the losing streak to kind of finish, but don't want to do anything about it. Almost like, you know, eating junk food all the time and waiting to get ripped. It just doesn't make sense. Like you have to, you, you have to change something and you almost fall into this kind of self-pitying mindset. You know, oh, maybe I'll get out of the losing streak. It doesn't happen like that. You have to do things. And over to you on that one, Paul, was there ever a point where you had like a losing streak? Was there anything that you focused on? Something that you'd done different or did you switch up a bit of a process that helped you get through that? Uh, I think the the key was just being organized. Like I remember back in the day, um, being, being on so many losing trades in a row that I just didn't even want to do the journal because mm-hmm. it was like, painful to look at, to just, just see like negative months every time. But that's the only way that you can really like correct your mistakes and see what you've done wrong. And back then, I mean, like even just having Falcon today, like you have everything laid out for you. Everything's there. Back then there was, there was really nothing. It was just kind of figuring out yourself. Like you know, you'd hear people say like, oh, you should do back testing, but there was like, how do you do back testing? How do you do that the most efficient way? Mm. And then, um, being able to like see your coaches trades and stuff like that in real time and compare against them. That's like a major key. Also, you know, you can have screenshots of everything, basically just finding out what's the difference between what they're doing, and what I'm doing, and then what can I do to make sure I capitalize on these trades, you know? And then you just start to see a pattern. You're doing the same thing every time. And yeah, like if you're not organized though, you can't see those patterns. See, super interesting, right? It might sound like a simple thing of what Paul's, you know, talking about here, but it's so, so key, just organization. And, you know, I'm I'm probably sure you found it as well, Paul, where you're even just more organized, like organized desks, organized workspace, organized routine, just having more organization in what you do. And, and what the one key, thing that people don't want to face in the mirror is what you just said, the journal, right? If you're having losing month after month, you almost get to a point and you know, I can, I can feel the same way. I went for a point was went for a period when it was nearly 40 losses. Right. So I, I know what it feels like to take loss after loss after loss and think, Oh, well, you know, when I think about a sell, maybe I'll just put a buy instead because clearly I'm yeah. getting it wrong each time. I, I know what it feels like to feel that pain and to the point you don't want to face it, but you have to be tough in those periods, still journal. So you can actually figure out before and after, to see the pattern, as you mentioned, you need to be able to face that to see 
right. I keep making the same mistake over and over again. But if you're not even willing to face that and look at that, how do you expect something to change in your trading if you don't know? So for example, a lot of people that make a lot of mistakes, a common pattern of losing streaks is constantly trying to call the tops and the bottoms. And they don't realize that they're doing it every single time because they don't do before and afters. They don't journal. You can't see what they're doing. So they expect that to kind of suddenly change. But I guess what you did in those periods, you faced it head on. I mean, how is your, now that you've gone through that, how's your trading doing now? How's your last sort of six months been in, in terms of consistency? Have you had any losing months or has it been, been a lot better than that? Oh yeah, it's been a game changer. I mean, I used to just have like a mess of screenshots on my desktop and then I would go through <laughs> at the end of two weeks or like a month and just feel like so overwhelmed by it. But now I honestly just love the process of journaling and like, it feels so good when you just have all your, everything up to date, you know? Um, but yeah, I've had like losing months this year and like, I like those losing months, you know, those are, those are just opportunities to learn. And then I don't know, sometimes I, I feel like I focus on the losses too, but it's not even about the losses. Like, you know, if you have three losses in a month, like what's the point of even focusing on those? If you can look at them right away and already know what you did wrong, it's more about like, what, what am I missing? Why didn't I capitalize on these winning trades? Like the trades that run like 10, 15% and you don't get into them. Those are the, the ones that make the year really, right? So those 1% losses don't matter. And I think the other thing is um, just giving yourself time, time in the market. Like I, I really think there's no substitute for that. Like you could do three, four hours of backtesting a day and, um, you know, backtesting is great, but I think there's just no substitute for the experience of being in the market for like a couple of years, you know, hundred percent. And that, that there, just the experience part, right? This is where you develop the intuition. This is where you develop the instinct and the know-how in the market it comes from experience. So there is no substitute. I completely agree. And that's the one thing people don't want in the market, that word, experience. You might think they want it, but their actions don't show that. It's because when you're constantly wanting to happen now, 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 you don't want experience. You don't want to wait. And I get it, right? You want it quicker. But at the same time, if you're not approaching it from the longer term mindset, you're just almost pushing it away because I can almost guarantee you're not doing the things that you know you need to be doing them when you need to be doing them that will make that 1% tweak that's actually going to push you through to the consistency. You have to be able to face yourself, look in the mirror and say, right, am I doing everything within my power weekly, daily, monthly? Do I have the processes in place that sets me up for success? I don't think enough people set themselves up for success. Would you agree with that, Paul? Oh, hundred percent. And I think like just from being a Falcon student, you already have an advantage over so many people because a lot of the way that, trading is marketed is like with the short-term mindset of just to make money and like of course everybody wants to make money but you know a lot of people are sold on this idea they're just going to work for one hour a week or something like that and like that's how that's what that's what i originally thought when i got into it too and i think that was like a big detriment to me in the beginning i probably could have done it a lot faster but um once you get it's crazy it's like the farther that you get into it the more time that that you spend on it, you know, like the better you get, then you just end up spending more time anyway. Yeah. Cause you want to, right. You don't just feel yeah, like this is a chore, you know, exactly that. You're not thinking about, right. Um, I feel like when people are in that mindset where it's almost like, Oh, how can I spend just, you know, an hour a day? How can I, how can I even tweak that even further? So I can just spend 30 minutes. They're so focused on not doing any work for more money 
not realizing that that pushes them even further away. You know, there's some days where I'm all over the charts. I'm not counting, you know, the minutes and the hours that I'm in front of the screen. I'm in front of the screen when it's relevant. If the market's hot and there's so many opportunities that are key that are in the plan, I may be on the charts even more. I might be doing something else in trading. I might be journaling. I might be doing something and you no know, testing things. So it's about stop trying to take a step back and think, think, you know, how can I spend the most limited amount of time possible? Because you're limiting your results. Like let that come natural. I think how long you spend on the charts is, you know, entirely up to you. But don't actually try to step away so much that you think that that, you know, you're almost more excited about the fact that right, I made a. Uh, five five K this month made five thousand pounds and I only actually spent, you know, twenty four minutes a day. Do you know what I mean? Kind of get out of that mindset. It really doesn't matter. And I think that the super successful ones, the passionate ones, they're not doing that. They're just trading when the market's there, when the opportunities are there. They put in the work. They know when to take a step back. That's one thing. How have you found that yourself, Paul, knowing when to actually take a step back from the market when you see, right, it's very corrective. These structures need a little bit more development, for example, a particular pattern. How have you found that when you look at a lot of people, they feel the need to always be in the market. Have you ever dealt with that where you constantly follow, you need to be in, then you've taken a step back? Oh, for sure. Especially in the beginning, it's so easy to always be in the market. Um, I think taking a step back can be like the hardest thing. And that's just the patience that you develop. You know, trading makes you, I think trading makes you a better person in like so many, so many ways that it applies to so many different areas of your life. But that patience, so key like it's hard to go through a whole month and only take five trades you know especially when you have like these huge goals that you want to accomplish it seems like and we were just talking about that before about how it seems like in the moment so slow but then when you look back everything was like a blur you know like you're proud of yourself you're like yeah i stuck to my plan maybe i only took five trades maybe you had a better maybe you had your best month and you only took three trades you know and you just you were hardly in the market which at the time it seems so boring. And I think that's where it's also key to have like something else to do too, because you're not going to sit there and do back testing. It's like when everybody's talking about trying to quit their job as soon as possible, because they think they're just going to be on the charts all day. Like really, you know, like you're going to be a better trader when you have to manage your time like more efficiently and, and being on the charts all day is not going to make you a better trader. hundred percent agree. It's, it's like saying if we take more trades, you'll make more money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's less is more is key. And it is, it takes discipline, it takes discipline to only take five trades for the month, it takes discipline to only just, you know, spend the, the time that you need to spend and not just do things for the sake of doing it. It, it really does. And the need to be in the market is because it is the same thing that you're sold on at the beginning. So I understand why people feel that way. If you're a trader right now and you're listening, you're thinking, well, I always feel like I need to be in the market. I always feel like the more trades I take, I'm giving myself more opportunities. Not the case because you're not thinking about scale. That shows me already you're not thinking about scale. Imagine, right? It's not that that can't work, by the way. That I'm sure there's people that spend seven hours in front of the charts all day and they make money, right? But think about think, think of it like this. Do you want to do that for years and years to come? Imagine there's a point that comes in your life where you're doing other things. You might have kids, family, all that kind of stuff. And then you don't literally have the time to do it because the market's not convenient. For example, if you're trying to look after, look after your newborn baby, for example, do you think that if you've got to do something that the market's going to wait for you for your entry? Like it's not happening. So when there's times of restriction and you need to focus on other things, right, that are important to you, you need to realize, set yourself up in a way that's sustainable. And I knew for myself when I was going through all the things, I mean, it's been over 10 years. That's insane, right? 
I always wanted to find a way that I could trade that I knew that it was sustainable for the long run. So no, no matter what happened in my life, no matter what happened, if it got busier and things, I knew that if I'm taking on average, you know, eight to 12, sometimes a little bit more depending on, you know, how many opportunities are in the market, if we're in an impulsive phase, et cetera, I knew I could do this for years and years to come. And that was the, the key thing for me. Have you ever felt anything similar yourself, Paul? Oh yeah. That's been one of the, the biggest key things that I've learned from you is like the sustainability in trading. Uh, I think a lot of people don't even talk about that because they're just selling you something for the short term. And you know, you're, you're probably not going to be around in, in 10, 20 years to like, be like, Oh, why didn't you tell me that before? But yeah, just like trading in a way that's going to be scalable for you is like so key. And it's not always what everybody wants to hear, you know, but that's why I'm so big on that because I know what it's going to feel like for people. I was speaking about this before, you know, people that are, you know, far more aggressive within the markets and they're kind of trading a certain way. Let's say using the 15 minute chart, let's be honest. We could go to the 15 minute chart and the impulsive leg and we could see quite a lot of entries. It doesn't mean you have to take every single one. You have to be just on the market all the time. When I find what people do, sometimes they'll just be like, right, you know what, if I, if I would have managed my trade on the 15 minute or if I would have entered on the 15 minute and again and again, I would have made 67% that week. You know, they get so hyped up on these returns that they don't realize that you're almost setting yourself up for failure in the future because you may be able to do that on, you know, $500 or a thousand or 5,000 or whatever, but you know, God forbid you get given a cash injection of a hundred K or 200 K or 500 or whatever it may be you're probably not going to trade that way on that capital. So yes, sometimes what I'm going to say is that it's not always going to be sexy. You know, it's not always going to be exactly what you want to hear, but it's what you need to hear because you'll thank yourself in a couple of years thinking, wow, I'm trading in a way now how I was trading on, you know, five grand that now I'm trading like that on a hundred and it feels exactly the same. Best feeling in the world. And you have to be able to set that up at the beginning stages. So that's the biggest thing. How, how have you found your sort of habits, Paul, of what you're doing now? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so easy to like take a trade and then, you know, you're trading a smaller amount and leave it at, like, say, for example, you take a buy and you just leave it at break even, mm -hmm. you know, and that's running like $100 or something profit. Uh, it's so easy to just mentally be like, oh, well, it's only $100 say it's running at like 5% and it's like a hundred dollars. Um, you know, oh, I'll just leave it at break even because it's only a hundred dollars. It doesn't really matter, but you need to start to think about like, you know, what about when it's like 20 or $30,000 or like exactly. $300,000? Are you really going to still leave it at break even? Probably not. Right. So, um, yeah, just, just keeping that in mind is like, it's, it's just going to be so key. I mean, if not, your your whole strategy is going. You're going to have to basically restart everything. Hundred percent, and people don't realize it. This is why I've seen it so many times where people, you know, they do very well. They get given more capital, and then it goes sideways. Why is that? Because they didn't listen in the beginning to do what you need to do on small at scale. Scale and sustainability is the the two words you hear me talk about it a lot. I've probably I've probably overspoken about it, Paul, but it's so important because I want people to really grasp that because when you do that, you start trading in a way that is suited for you. I mean, how many trades did you take uh, you know, roughly in August? Uh, I think I took five. Five, yeah. So I guess that is that kind of your average? Do you normally take less than that, more than that? I usually take a few more, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I usually take around like eight or nine, but yeah, I think I took like five for August. And um 
yeah, like for me, I've just found like I'm so much more comfortable to lock in profit and then like lock in profit, get taken out for a profit and then see the trade go for more profit that I wasn't, then I missed all that profit than I would be to just like um, have a trade running at like 8% and leave it at break even and then get taken out for break even. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if that makes sense, if the way I explained it basically is um, like I would rather have a trade running at 8% and then lock in like 5 or 4% and get taken out say it pulls back and takes me out, but then it goes on to be a bigger trade for me personally. I, I'm way more comfortable like trading like that than I would be to just be at like 8% in profit and then just leave it at break even. And like, you know, just ho- hope that it's, I stay in the trade or like be pulled back all the way to break even and get taken out. I, I know exactly how you feel. And I, th- I think that's not spoken about enough as well, because it's on both sides, right? There's one side of it where, like you said, you're comfortable with the fact that, you know, you could bank, you could be running a bank five or four, and then it pulls back, takes you out for 5%, for example, and then continues in your direction. And then you start thinking, oh, if I would have just left it at 3%, or if I would have just left it at break even, I would have made 27% in that position. And again, those people, they're not thinking about scale again. They're not thinking yeah. about, they're not thinking about, you know, what, what, what about when that's 50K on a trade? You know, what if you're running 50K profit and that pulls back, you're going to watch 50K go back to zero just because you can stay in the trade and think that it's going to, you know, go on and bank you the 27%. You have to trade in a way that is set up for success and not just hindsight. I think a lot of people become in hindsight. That's when people was asking me the other day, they asked me, do you know, oh, I, I looked at a trade and if I managed it on the 15 minute, I would have banked an extra 6%. But the truth is, you know, if you're going to do that, it's unsustainable. You're going to be so zoomed in and at scale, you're going to be so emotional thinking, oh, it's a 15 minute retrace candle. Maybe I should close the trade because I think that I'm going to bank more percentage. But again, that's not sustainable either. So you're setting yourself up to trade a small account. And, you know, correct if I'm wrong, when you get into trading, you want to trade so you can trade more money. Because then as a side effect, if you're hitting 10% on average per month on a £10,000 account, you want it on 100 and so on and so on, right? Yeah, once you start thinking with that mindset, it's just like a never-ending cycle. Like you said, you can beat yourself up on both sides. Like, oh, if I randomly would have just had it like 2% lower, I would still be in the trade. Or if I would have just locked it in after this 15 minute, I would have banked an extra 10%. Like it's just never ending to like hindsight trading of what you should have done, you know? That's where I think the only way that you can find your style is just from that experience of like time of being in the market. 100%. And you know, from, from your point of view, you know, you've been in Falcon for a while, you've seen it grow, you've seen the content grow and things like that. What would your sort of words of recommendation, you know, for someone who's gone through struggle, gone through, had consistency as well, you know, what would you say to those guys that are, you know, guys and girls that are struggling in the market? Is there anything in particular that you would get them to focus on? I would think uh, just that long-term mindset, like I said before, is like, even if you're just starting and you're like, like imagine if you're just starting and you're 40 and it still takes you 10 years which, you know, you have everything in front of you. There's no reason why it should really take you 10 years, but like just to be generous, um, you're only 50 now and like you're a consistent trader. You're still ahead of like 99% of people in the world that are working until they're like 65 and then they retire with no money or something like that. So yeah, just like that long-term mindset and, you know, you have everything there to be, to be successful. And like, I think another thing is uh, just be grateful. Like I've heard you say it before. It's like, the, the gratitude, the energy affects like everything you do. Like if you're sitting in a room with like internet listening to this, you know, 
you're like so much better off than so many people in the world. Like it's just crazy, man. The, the amount 100%. of that you have in front of you, like everything's there. You just need to put the work in really. And don't judge yourself. Don't judge yourself so quick in the beginning too. You know, you need to get that experience in the market. Hundred percent, Paul. You know that that long term mindset and gratitude. I think I think you summed that up nicely. You know the, the fact that you can just just be listening to this right now. Like you're not in a third world country, right? You're not in a war torn country right now. You're listening to this. Well, you might be, but you, you get my point, right? You're listening to this. You have the opportunity to wake up a little bit earlier. You have the opportunity to log into a dashboard and watch content. Do you know what I mean? Just like when you really get down to it, the fact that you have the opportunity to be the best version of yourself and grow as a trader. And then there's the complaining side that I just don't get. And it just comes from the short-term mindset. So I think there's a common pattern with a lot of successful people in all industries. They don't complain and moan in the micro side of things. They get the macro from the off. It's very, very rare you'll hear a lot of success stories that, yeah, on my way to the top, I kind of complained my way to the top. You know, I, I, you know, I, you know, had this negative self-talk for weeks and weeks and then eventually I just became successful. Like it doesn't happen yet. It's not spoken about. You have to change the way you think, the way that you talk to yourself, your processes. You need to set yourself up for success before you are successful. A lot of people ask me of my old journals that I wrote in, you know, they're like, oh, it's easy for you because, you know, you've got these incomes now and you're, you're this trader, you're that, you've done this. And, you know, what was different then? It's like, it's, it's easy for you to say that now. But then when I show them the journal and then they see that, hold on a minute, when you didn't have any money, your language was exactly the same as it is now. So what I did is I taught myself that, right, if I want to be successful, I have to start thinking like a successful person and I start to have to behave like a successful person. So when I said to you, I think I spoke to you in person about this before, Paul, when people used to say to me, you know, oh, Mark, are you, are you coming to this, you coming to this event and things like that? And I knew I didn't have any money, right? But I'm not going to put that energy out there. I'm not going to keep telling people, oh, no, you know, I can't come because I've got no money. I wouldn't even say the words. I would just say, no, I'm busy focusing on some goals. I would just say, oh, I'm busy doing this. I already knew I didn't have no money. I didn't have to keep repeating it and keep putting that energy out there. And I think really, really listening to this and thinking about your inner self talk would be the biggest thing I want you to take away from what I just said. Focus on how you speak to yourself on a daily basis, those thoughts, because those thoughts become things. And remember, we have on average something like 70, 75,000 thoughts per day, and you're not managing that with your language. That is ludicrous. Think about you know five years down the line, and you wonder why you are the way you are, because you've programmed that rather in a negative process or a positive process. How have you found your kind of inner talk? Have you found any struggles that you had to deal with? Are you really self-aware to that kind of stuff? Yeah, now I'm really self-aware, but I mean, everything to the point of the way that I think now is like I had to learn it myself. Like I was never really surrounded by people that had that kind of mindset in the beginning. And oh, it's funny that you brought that up actually. Like um, a couple of weeks ago, I was at the gym. Like I'm in Vancouver here. Mm -hmm. I was at the gym and uh, I saw this guy that I went to like school with and I, and I hadn't seen him for like maybe five or six years. So it was, it was pretty wild, but um, yeah, he came up to me. And he's like, yeah, how you doing, man? Like, I don't know how he, I guess he saw me on, I guess maybe I have him on Instagram or something, but mm -hmm. um, he's like, yeah, you just been like trading and traveling around. Like I said, saw you doing lots of trading, whatever, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, just trading and traveling, man. And the, and the first thing he said is like, oh, I wish I could do something like that. And then before I even had the chance to reply to that, he's just like, oh, but it's really hard though, right? So I was like, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like first he's telling himself basically that he can't do it. And then he's like backing it up in his mind by saying, 
oh, it's really hard, like just making an excuse for it. So I don't know, it was crazy. Like I was just, I didn't think about it at the time, but then after I was thinking about it, I was like, that's probably like, I think that's the first person I've seen from like the school days that, that I've had that, con- that interaction with. It's crazy, right? That, that's like yeah. double, that's, that, that was double confirmation right there. You know? Yeah, it was, it was, it was a cool experience for me also too. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and isn't, isn't it crazy when you step back and you're now aware of that? Because I've, I've gone through, I've got so many, I could literally talk about this all day of so many of these stories where you pick that out and then people sit there and wonder why they're not successful and they don't yeah. get it. It's that like they talk themselves out of being successful every day. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Like just, that, really just that little moment in the gym, he just talked himself out of it rather than asking you, Oh, you know, Paul, how, uh, so how are you doing this? Is it, how could I get started? You see what I mean? Just very simple questions. Yeah. It's crazy. It, like, didn't even ask me that, but, um, I don't really associate with like anybody from school because that's how basically all those people had that mindset. So that's why it was such a crazy experience for me because I was like, it was like, I was looking at it from like the outside, like, like seeing his mindset from like the outside, because now everybody that I'm surrounded with, like, I surround myself with all these people that have the same mindset as me or they're on the same journey as me or they like understand and they support me. So it was like pretty crazy to see like, you know, that's how everybody 99% of people think basically. And, and, and that shows that, you know, it's true testament to your growth. You know, it's easy to look back and think, Oh, I'm not really where I want to be and stuff like that. And it takes sometimes those little moments to realize, well, hold on a minute. I'm working on myself every single day. I'm committed to being the best version of myself. Yes, maybe I don't have all the materialistic goals that I want right now. Yes, maybe I don't have this and this. But rather focusing on what you don't have, focus on what you've actually done. I feel like not many people are actually giving themselves the reward that they deserve for the work that they're putting in. Like you're already part of the 1% and actually are doing something about the success. So rather than complaining because you're not where you want to be or you haven't got the consistency yet, actually recognize you've done you know something that people are just not willing to do. That They haven't even got the courage to go and try to succeed because they have a fear of success. They have a fear of failure, all of these kind of things. So I think we, we overlook the amount of progression that we've made. I mean, Paul, even yourself, you've done, you've done so many things. How, how long was you traveling and trading for a while? You've done it for a while, right? Uh, yeah, like just under two years. And, and how uh, we could almost talk about a whole other t- topic about that, but to, before we finish things up, you know, how, how was that? I'd love to know how you kind of your experience from that, because so many people, even in the Falcon community, right? They will want to travel and trade and things. What, how, what was your sort of experience with that? Oh yeah. It's been epic, man. Like I'm the biggest supporter of going traveling. I think it just expands your brain and you're going to meet so many different people that you normally wouldn't have. Like even, uh, you know, the first time I met you, Mark, was like in Australia at in the Gold Coast, which is why I was like so nostalgic to be back there earlier this year. It's the first time I've been back since. But, you know, like who knows if I would have even been part of Falcon if I wouldn't have met you there. Um, we were at like a different trading meetup. But yeah, like also going to trading meetups. Like I met some of my best friends just from like going through to trading meetups, like lifelong friends. Um, I think like, yeah, I think traveling is like the most important thing you can do but i also think like you need to be very careful about this idea of like traveling and trading it's a lot harder lots of people have said it before but yeah it's a lot harder than you think it is really and for me like the way that i travel now is like i would more like to just go to one place for like two or three weeks at least and have a spot there and when you're jumping around and stuff it's really hard to like have your routine um you know you want to stay in the zone so 
basically it messes up your whole routine when you're when you're jumping around spot to spot but i think overall just traveling is like one of the best things that you can do for yourself oh for, for sure and i think that like you said you know who would have known things like that like i met you you know in in australia so it's, it's just incredible to see all those things manifest and grow and you, you need to put yourself out there you need to go to this is why i organize these meetups all over the world because i think it's so important to get yourself out of your comfort zone like you said you've met some of your best friends at meetups it's insane because you're on the same journey similar mindsets and you can help each other grow i think that's the most important thing and what you alluded to earlier like it is harder than what you think you know when you're traveling and trading and that is if you're literally, you know, on a flight every three, four days. Like the reality of you doing that and being consistent is quite difficult. So having a spot, because you need to be in the zone. Trading in is about being in that flow state, right? Being in the zone. And the only way you get in the zone is by having a particular place that you come to. You know, even if it's one month at a time, let's say you was going to hit three countries. Rather than going, you know, two weeks here, three weeks there, five weeks there, just do one month, one month, one month. You'll probably thank yourself. I'm sure you've experienced it yourself, Paul you know, at least at a time. So you've got a period of time to get your bearings right. Actually know your routine and things, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Like for me, I just had my spot in Phuket and I just stayed there mostly as my base. And then I went to like other countries from there, but I would always stay there for like a month at a time until my visa ran out or something. And I would go somewhere else <laughs> for like a couple of weeks or whatever. But yeah, like just, I think it's just, it really depends on what you want to do. I think you know, if you, if you want to do traveling and hit all these different countries, there's going to be an opportunity cost to it, but also like, you're going to have crazy experiences and meet a lot of cool people that's, you know, you can't really put a value on that either. So it really just depends on where you are in your journey. I think. hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, Paul really, really appreciate you coming on the podcast and all these little tiny things that you've just shared. You know, you've, you've got the experience, you've gone through the hardships, you've come out better on the other side and, you know, it's been incredible for me, you know, from a friend perspective as well to see you grow from when I first met you. Awesome to see that. Um, so what's next for you, Paul? I'd love to know for the listeners as well. What's next for you? So you're in Vancouver right now? Yeah, in Vancouver. And um, I just plan on staying here for a bit. Like I really just want to double down and focus on trading. I think right now is like an important time for me um, to just be as focused as possible. So yeah, I just like I plan on staying here for the next little bit anyway especially with how the markets are right you know now more than ever having the focus to capitalize from now until the end of the year and 2020 is going to be insane for the markets i think right now for people to be prepared especially for you guys and girls in the falcon community being focused and prepared right now i think is one of the most important things as i'm sure you'd agree paul yeah the markets are looking crazy right now and i uh, set some pretty big goals for taking on investor capital by the end of the year also so sick want to stay in my zone here and have my routine um, and I know like for me, like, I just know traveling is just, you know, I could go traveling, but it's just, uh, I want to just like be in my routine and be here and be focused for the next little bit. Nice. Nice. Well, I'm looking forward to you achieving that. It's going to be uh, sick to see take on that investor capital and especially to see what you kind of achieve in, in 2020. I think it's going to be such an incredible year for the growth of so many people in the community. So I'm, I'm really, really excited for it. Paul, really appreciate you coming on the podcast. I'm excited to catch up with you in the coming months. It'll be awesome to see, you know, maybe when you've you've got to the period of where you have taken on investor capital and you've maybe had two or three months, a bit of experience, maybe to share some insights for those kind of thinking about that and just, you know, transparent insights into how you feel and things like that. It'd be awesome to do that in the future. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, that would be awesome and something I would definitely look forward to sharing with people. And also, like, I just wanted to say, if anybody's like going through those struggles and stuff, I would love to like, just chat to anybody if they want to chat or whatever. So feel free to reach out to me with like when anytime. 
Awesome. Awesome. And that's what I love about this community, about what you just said right there. You know, the, the, the humbleness to just want to really give back and just help in any way, shape or form. So love that. Been an absolute pleasure. And yeah, look forward to catching up with you soon, Paul. Yeah, likewise, man.